0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach podcast. I'm having so much fun just recording um, these episodes sitting here with my headphones in. I know you're probably like, okay, cool, but like, (laughs) normally I have this whole setup, and it's just kind of different to be sitting here with my lunch in front of me. Coming up with ideas and then just talking into my phone, I kind of love it. This is a side note, but I um, I write music. I've made music my whole life, actually. I remember when I was like, mm, let's see, I probably was like ten uh, years old when I wrote my first song about um, a crush at a summer camp called Aspen Grove. It's in Utah. Um, you guys will have to tell me if you've been there before. If you haven't. I mean, I would say it's predominantly Latter day Saint people that like members of the Church of Christ Latter Saints, right? Like families, but it is so great. I, I don't even know, like, I don't even care what religion you are. It's such a great family camp. I, so whether you guys go to that one or something similar, maybe you have like awesome family camps, but something about a family camp. Anyway, but I do remember going to that like either every year or every other year as I was growing up. And I met this boy named Casey and I wrote a song about him and I didn't have a phone back then. But the reason I brought this up is because when I do have good song ideas, I just put them into my phone, into voice memos. Isn't that fun? So anyway, today, what I want to teach you about is seriously such a game changer. Like I'm not even going to hold back from saying that because If you do this one thing in your parenting, it will change the game. Let me tell you a little bit of backstory and why I say that. So I, I yell have yelled. I shouldn't say I yell. Okay. Um, but I have yelled at my kids. I grew up in not like a yelling household that yelled all the time, but with yelling, some yelling, some, some yelling, definitely. And some words sometimes passed through the yelling and not, you know, language. And I also do have done that my whole motherhood, you know, since and I've been a mom. My oldest is seven and a half. Okay. And I've never felt good about it, but until about two years ago, it never, like I just kind of, you know, when you grow up in it, you just do it. Same thing with like, I was spanked when I was, I grew up now. I don't spank my kids, but you know, sometimes I can be a little bit more rough, like to try to educate them or just, just a little less, um, nurturing in moments than I'd like. And so all of this is something that, um, has come up across the last, you know, two, three years as I've really been doing some deep work on my own childhood and on my motherhood and on my anxiety and depression postpartum. And I have witnessed the most beautiful changes and just sort of this blossoming of who I really am. It's been so gorgeous. I love coaching. I love energy work. Well, recently I was working with an LDS homeschool coach. Her name's Meg Roundy Thomas. Go check her out. She's on Instagram at the hippie mama. So I want to credit her because this one tool she shared with me, it's one of her bajillion tools. She has seven kids. Her oldest is like getting ready to serve a mission. So he's probably what, 19, 18 years old and um, just a great family, a great lady. And she taught me what I'm going to teach you today. And um, the reason I chose to share this one with you because she has taught me very many things, but this one has, I've seen just the greatest night and day difference. And I just, after seeing such a difference with relatively little effort, like they actually very little effort, just a slight change, which I'm going to tell you about. I found myself wishing that someone had told me this is how easy it was to change your children's behaviors from the inappropriate behaviors to the appropriate behaviors. Hopefully I have you on the edge of your seat. So without further ado, I'm going to dive in, but I just want you to know if I could do it, you could do it. This one tool in combination with a very, very humble, sincere desire to not yell, and not hit and not do any of that stuff anymore, um, has been, uh, magical. So here is, here's what I want to lay out for you. Okay. So there's three. And again, this comes from Meg Thomas. I want to make sure I credit her, the hippie mama on Instagram. She's a homeschool coach. All right. So this, um, this tool has saved, saved me. So there's three types of behaviors. Okay. There's appropriate behaviors. There's inappropriate behaviors that are not like non-consequential, like they're inconsequential. They're not going to really, you know, no one's going to get hurt. Nothing's going to get destroyed. They're not destructive. And then there's inappropriate behaviors that are destructive that, you know, you might want to step in and set a boundary or stop somebody from doing something right. That might need to have some attention and be addressed. Okay. So out of the three types of behaviors, appropriate, inappropriate, but inconsequential or inappropriate, but consequential, you want to spend the bulk of your time, like I don't remember the percentage, make sure, but maybe 90 to 98% of your time on the appropriate behaviors. And when I say your time, I mean your attention. So one thing that Meg always tells me is that we are, and this really has resonated with me, we are our children's favorite toy. And like when she first said that, I thought that was kind of cute. I think I maybe even put it on my Instagram stories. But now that I'm a homeschool mom and I'm just with my kids a lot more, my business has gotten to this secure place where like, I just can be with them a bit more. Now I have noticed that this is like the whole truth, nothing but the truth. We, you are your child's favorite toy, despite what you may think, despite how interested they might seem in other things or other people, nothing compares to you. They might just not know that they can have your attention. They might not be used to getting it and they might be feeling in other ways. And please hold the phone if you're feeling guilt. Okay. That's, that's Satan. (laughs) Like just cast that out. That doesn't have a place here. Okay. This isn't the purpose of this isn't to be, um, not, you know, guilting yourself. This is to really just create more harmony and healing in your home and in your heart and with your kids. So, The reason I tell you your kid's favorite toy is because I want you to imagine that you were a magnet, okay? And you're a really strong magnet. If you focus more on praise and praising the appropriate behaviors, even when there's inappropriate behaviors, again, excluding the ones where you really do need to step in and do something because it's not safe, but even then we might handle it differently and we're going to talk about that. If you turn your focus to appropriate behaviors and praising appropriate behaviors, you will, it's like your children are like little baby magnets and they will just stick right to you and they will, they'll go where you go. So as you turn left, they all turn left. It's like solar panels. Like you're the mama solar panel. You turn a little bit left, like you're facing the sun. They're turning a little bit left. They're facing the sun. Okay. They're going to go where you go. They're going to focus on what you focus on. So what I've noticed is that as I have, as I have purposefully turned my attention and only given my attention to appropriate behaviors, which sounds kind of mean, right? Like I know in the back of my head, there's this thought of, well, if they're displaying inappropriate behaviors, that's when they need your love and attention the most. Okay. But what happens is any attention counts as attention. So whether you're giving them negative attention, like I agree they need your attention, but here's how I want you to show your attention. I want you to sh- give, I want you to show your attention to them by showing them what, what behaviors actually get your attention. So at all times, even if you're not giving a child attention, you're teaching that child how to get your attention. Okay, so if they give a negative behavior like screaming or hitting or kicking or pulling someone's hair, and you give them attention, even if it's negative, right? Albeit negative attention, it's still attention, you throw attention all over them by saying, Why are you doing that? Don't hit your sister. Haven't I told you a hundred times? And all the things we say, they're still getting attention for that. So I hope I'm not butchering this, but Long story short, there's the three types of behaviors, and you want to take your household and your children and your time with your children, and you want to only, I shouldn't say only focus, but you want to put the majority of your focus on the um, appropriate behaviors. So let me give you some examples of that, and then we can talk about what to do with the um, the two types of inappropriate behaviors, Okay. So appropriate behaviors. I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but like clearing their plate after a meal. I mean, and this might change from household to household, but I'll tell you some in our household. Clearing a plate without being asked, uh, or even when they are asked. um, Cleaning. Let's say I ask them to wipe the whole countertop, but they they, and then like my five-year-old, she, she'll start doing it and then she'll get super distracted and she'll wander off <laughs> and old Lizzie before knowing this, this cool trick in my parenting. That's amazing. Uh, I used to be like Roslyn, you didn't finish. It was always about what wasn't done. And now I look and I'm like, did you clear, is this part of the countertop clean because of you? Oh my gosh. Wait, let me feel it. <gasps> There's no crumbs right here. That feels so good. And you know what magically happens is she's like, yeah, mom, and I did this and this and this. Oh, and I can do this too. And then she like picks up the the rag and she starts cleaning the whole countertop. Her bucket is so filled with the praise. All she wants to do is serve me more and get more of that yummy praise. So while I used to come at it from like what wasn't done, and I genuinely just thought that that was my responsibility as a parent. Like you gotta teach them what they don't know. You gotta show them what they're not doing it was always like from the never enough perspective. And and like, literally I would feel like there's never enough teaching that I could do. There's always just, Oh, they just have so much to learn. And they were probably feeling like they were never enough, which just bred less and less good behavior and less doing and less teaching and more criticizing and correcting. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) It doesn't have to be that hard. So if you feel like you're you are with your kids and there's just a lot of begging, like, please stop doing that. Or maybe you're past the begging and you're just like, stop doing that. And you're yelling, or maybe you're hitting or you're punishing, right? Or we're threatening to, you know, we're threatening in a very tight way to try to get them to obey out of fear. If you're having to use a lot of fear, it's because you're, you're seeing with lack and you're giving attention to the lack and to what's not there what you want to give attention to that would be like watering and fertilizing dirt that had no seed in it. Nothing can grow from a dirt that has no seed in it, right? If there's not a seed, it's not going to grow life. It's not going to grow at least not a plant. Okay. And so, um, you want to give water. In other words, you want to give your attention, your best attention to the little, even if it's just a little bit that they are doing right, Right? Because as you make this transition, your brain's still gonna be grumpy over all that they're not doing, right? That ideal perfection that you had in your mind that you really want your kids to be at. You have to start with what you do have, what they do have, okay, what they are doing. So here's another example. Um, let's see, last night we were um we were doing we were getting ready for bedtime. Now, past Lizzie would have dreaded asking the kids to clean up the basement before getting ready for bed. Right. And I would have even said to myself, you know what, it's going to be so hard to get them to like focus in and clean this. I'm just going to let it be dirty and I'm going to get them in bed and then I will clean it. And then when I'd be getting them in bed, I'd be super resentful and grumpy because I knew that once they were in bed, first of all, they didn't, they weren't going to help even though they, they made the mess. And then I was going to have to clean it and I'm super tired. It's the very end of the day. I'm so exhausted. Right. So anyway, though, Instead, I used the power of praise. Okay, that's what I'm going to call this, the power of praise. <laughs> I used the power of praise. It really is a power. It is a power. It's a visceral. I mean, you can you can just watch your children's countenances change. And it's so fascinating to watch out of the corner of your eye when you are ignoring an inconsequential, inappropriate behavior, and you are slapped from one child, and you're slathering on attention to the other child who's doing the, the thing you asked, or who's just being appropriate. What's fascinating is to watch in the corner of your eye that child that, I mean for me it's my oldest who has usually typically had so many inappropriate behaviors because Unbeknownst to me, it's because I've been giving so much attention to those behaviors, even if it was negative attention. That's like the way he's been used to getting attention from me, unfortunately, right? That's, that's the, if he's, he wants attention, bottom line, he has to have attention. And if he has to get it negatively, whatever, it's still attention, right? It's sad, but it's true, like they will not go without attention, so even if they have to get it negatively, they will. Um, but to watch him change his tune all on his own, without a single correction from me, simply because he would like my attention too. And he has the, now he has the, um, the direction and sort of the clue from me based on how I'm giving my attention and to whom I'm giving it to, and to which behaviors I'm giving it to that does the teaching for me. So think of all the times you try to correct a negative behavior and teach them and they don't hear you. And they still do the negative behavior because you correcting and teaching them is their form of getting your attention. And they're, you know, that's what they want is your attention. And so anyway, as I have been um, doing less now, I do still do some correcting and teaching. We're going to talk about those inappropriate behaviors, but this has just been such a power. It has been like to where when we went to tidy up the basement, I didn't even think twice about asking them. All I did was start with praise. Like I started asking, you know, telling them what we needed to do in the basement and then Maybe all three of them at once were like not really complying or even cleaning or listening, but maybe I just start cleaning and you know, you, it just takes one small moment of somebody doing something good and, um, and then it was, uh, a change of events. Also, there's another thing that Meg's kind of taught me that I sometimes use in conjunction with this, which is privileges. Meg taught me that there's so many things that I just have always just given to my children out of habit and routine that are actually privileges that I could take away and not harm my child or deprive my child, right? For example, friends, you know, iPad time. Um, These are things that I realized my kids felt entitled to. And I felt obligated to letting my kids play with friends or have some show time on the iPad or something, you know, here and there. And what I'm realizing and what has helped shrink their world and kind of constrain my focus on correcting some behaviors is, is from a very calm place, letting them know that, that like they can choose whatever they'd like to, but if they don't choose this thing, this appropriate behavior that I'm trying to scaffold and teach them, of course, I don't say it in all these ways, right? With these words, but that if they don't choose the behavior that I'm trying to guide them towards, there will be privileges withdrawn, not basic rights, right? We never need to withdraw sleep or food or clothing, you know, and and water from our children. Never. But but you know, extra things totally, totally shrinking their world. Yes. Withdrawing from friends or swim practice or anything that takes extra energy that they're not displaying appropriate behavior to earn can be withdrawn. So, all right, let's talk about the inappropriate behaviors. So we have the inappropriate where that we can ignore it and then inappropriate where there uh, might be a consequence. So obviously, um, inappropriate, that's inconsequential, it's, it's obvious you're just going to ignore it, right? Um, you just get to decide what is inconsequential to you and what's not. Here's the trick. Technically you could say, well, everything's consequential. If he's running around the house, um, like singing a really loud song over and over the same line that could give me a headache, right? So, so you could say that's consequential, but also is it though? So, so when we say consequential, I'm not going to define it for you, but a consequential behavior is like somebody's getting hurt, something you really care about or is important to you is getting destructed that you're not willing to have be destructed um you know for the for the sake of ignoring a behavior. So um it's when you know you want to intervene not because you're frustrated or not because of your own you just don't have the emotional bandwidth, but because um, there's actual physical destruction happening to another person's body, to the child's own body, or to your house, etc. Okay, so, um, the inconsequential behaviors is when there is no destruction and it takes patience. So in my course, right, the postpartum anxiety course, one of the things I love about this course is that it's versatile and it can be used for a lot of parenting stuff. And the reason that is, is because Everything we do outside of ourselves is based first off of the inside of ourselves. Okay, let me give you an example. So a messy house is like a representation of a messy mind. Isn't that crazy? And so, and I don't say that to make you feel bad or anything, but like to the extent that we work on organizing our thoughts and our emotions and how we feel those and what we do with those and getting to know those, We tend to get better at systematizing and organizing in our household. And also, as we cleanse the energy in our bodies, we naturally just want to cleanse and spring, do spring cleaning and clean out stuff in our house. It's just what happens. You You think back about the times that you've been really ready to do some spring cleaning in your house, and usually it's either symbolic and right alongside of some purging emotionally in your body, or it's right after that. It's really fascinating. So when it comes to parenting, that's why the postpartum anxiety course is helpful, is because in that course, you're learning how to calm your body, calm your mind, get those two things at a lower baseline so we're not freaking out, we're not as volatile, getting those in harmony more and more of a connection between your body and mind. And that, of course, helps you to calm your life, including your house, including your children and your parenting, your mothering, right? And you teach your children how to calm themselves. So just so you know, the postpartum anxiety course totally applies to this work too. All right, going back to the inconsequential, um, inappropriate behaviors, you've got to learn how to calm your body, right? Because that's what's required to ignore. If you think about when we don't ignore, usually when we are giving attention to an Incon, or sorry, a con, okay, either one really, any inappropriate behavior when we're giving attention to those, but especially the ones that maybe we could otherwise ignore, that they're not destructive, but they're just bothering us. Usually it's because we're reacting to an urge an urge to yell, an urge to slam our hand on the table, an urge to slam a door, an urge to snap at somebody, right, verbally. Um, These are all urges, and anxiety is actually kind of an urge too. It's a little bit less I wouldn't call it an urge as much it's more of a um a, more of a reaction right to a thought in your brain it's a response and it's albeit um kind of a lot of times it's very automatic you can still calm it after the fact and you can use those same tools to calm any emotion in your life even during even during it. And frankly, the tools are not just for after anxiety. It's for during anxiety. And a lot of times my clients get to the point where it doesn't even go farther than a scary thought because they instantly calm their body and then they redirect their mind. Right. So cool. So you've got to be doing that work and that's what the course can help you do. Um, but you want to take the inconsequential, um, inappropriate behaviors and just ignore. Do we do a lot more ignoring? So how you know that you are turning the corner in your parenting and you're going to see some massive changes for the better in your kids is if you are praising all the time. Now you want to be careful with your praising. Like, listen, it's going to feel a little fake. It's going to feel a little fake because you're so used to spending your time criticizing and correcting. And that's just kind of an unfortunate side effect of like having lived so long in that correcting and criticizing mode. It's going to take a while to have the um, giving the compliments and doling out the praise feel natural, but don't let that kind of little bit of a odd, like discomfort, make you think that it's not authentic or that it's not helping or that it's not good, or it's not really you. Cause I promise you, as you continue doing it, you're going to see how natural it really is and how much better it feels. So give yourself the chance and the gift of sticking with it and trying it for a couple weeks. Okay just even just one week, like make praise. your the one thing you focus on on the week and see how much changes. So you're going to be praising the appropriate behaviors. You're going to be ignoring the, um, inappropriate non-destructive behaviors. Right. And then the ones that are destructive, here's the thing with those you've got to make sure. And this is like, if your priority is to not yell and to not hit your kids, then you, um, again, it takes work on the inside of you, which my course, and I can help you do with the membership and stuff, but, um, you have to, as you're correcting and stuff, just be, be inside of your body, be aware <clears throat> of what your body is feeling. Because, um, like another thing, I think this was, no, this was actually Lara, by the way, who is a coach for, um, she's a coach for, for children of narcissistic parents. And she's a friend of mine. And we just happened to be chatting on polo one time. And she was sharing with me how one of the things that helps her to not yell is to, um, is to go to, she has a yellow zone and a red zone. And when she is in the yellow zone, she leaves. Now, most of us, sit with our kids in the yellow zone, trying to hash it out, trying to talk it through with them. Then we get to the red zone and then we end up having this big splash of emotions all over our children. That really is our own issue, not our kids issue, but we're just not like managing ourselves, right? We're not pulling ourselves out of that emotion. So one thing I want to offer is that when you are going to correct, like when you do deem it necessary to step in and give um, minimal, you want to keep the attention minimal, but also effective, right? For the, um, the consequential destructive behaviors, the inappropriate behaviors that could maybe hurt someone. You want to make sure that you're um, keeping your calm while you're doing it because the bigger emotional response is actually more satisfying and, and almost acts as more attention. It's almost like a bigger proportion of attention to our children, um, who happen to be misbehaving. So you want to just make sure you're staying calm and grounded as much as possible. And believe it or not, if you're struggling postpartum and all of this stuff just feels like next level, like I can't even focus on this. I just don't even know where my brain's at these days. Come get help. Don't sit here and listen and just feel bad about yourself. Like we can help you. I can help you. This process, calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life was made for women who are bathing in shame and guilt day to day, who don't feel like they know who they are anymore, who are so in despair over the way they've been treating their kids and who almost don't even feel good enough to get support because they feel unworthy because they de- they deem their motherhood that ugly and that bad. Yes, I'm talking to you, okay? You need to stop the shame game and you need to come get your butt some help because you're worth it. You are worth it and you already know your kids are worth it, but you've got to know you are worth it. And if you don't know you're worth it, at least start with knowing your kids are worth it. Start for that reason. That'll get you through the door and come get help. The postpartum anxiety course is just lizzylangston.com forward slash course. It's literally the product of like 900 hours of coaching and about three years of coaching dozens of women, um, postpartum moms specifically, a lot of them Christian Jesus lovers, <laughs> a lot of them homeschoolers even, um, to this point of shifting from low self-worth, low connection with yourself, um, low ability to, to manage and control your, any, any emotion, but especially anxious, anxiousness, sometimes some regi depressiveness in there as well to, first of all, loving themselves again. Like that's all we really need when, when we have that and we then healing just happens. And so this course is designed to raise your overall energetic vibration, your level of consciousness, okay. Your frequency in your body and your mind. And that opens, literally opens your crown chakra, or in other words, it opens your connection to the source of all healing, who is Jesus Christ. It opens your connection to your savior. And from that point onward, the process is just a given and it just rolls like water, like butter, and nothing can stop it. Healing is so natural. It's so natural. Okay. Your subconscious mind is, I like to say it's unveiled. I like to believe that this is just Lizzie doctrine. Okay. It's nobody else's doctrine. I like to believe that the subconscious mind and your heart are unveiled. And the only thing that keeps you veiled from the greater divine, both within you and above, right. Is, is our thoughts and the level and and the quantity and the quality of our thoughts and our thinking. And, and then therefore the connection we have to our body or the connection we don't have. Okay. You are the veil. Like just play with that idea. And that one's from a coach, Corey Woods. It was profound today. She offered that thought to me. You are the veil. So with that, I want to leave you with um, just slather your children in praise for the appropriate behaviors. Um, process your emotions and do your very best to ignore and rather than just sitting there trying to ignore, just be looking for opportunities for praise. And ignoring won't be that hard, you know, ignoring the inappropriate behaviors. And then, um, when you are correcting a destructive behavior, let it be minimal attention, but also, um, problem solving and making sure to follow up with a lot of love. As soon as they have a change of heart and they no longer are doing the destructive behavior, you can even praise them with, I noticed that you stopped. Also a quick note on praise when it comes to praise, don't do as much like good job, but you did that. Like thank you. I'm so proud of like, as if it was for you and as if it was some sort of a job that they did, but, and don't, you know, don't worry. I still say those things. Sometimes it's not like you're messing anything up, but more of a growth mindset that doesn't tie their accomplishments into their value and their worth is going to be something like, Hey, I noticed you're not fighting with your sister, right? You're just modeling self-observation and self-celebration you're not tying it into their worth. Okay. All right. I'll see you guys inside the course. Go get yours. Now it's lizzylingston.com forward slash course. I can't wait to see more of you in my membership. I want you to know that I'm here for you in any way, shape or form. So if you have any questions about the membership, you can always email me Lizzie at lizzie and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Lizzie here. If you love what's on the podcast, you're going to love my Postpartum Anxiety Online Course. The course is designed to help you manage your anxiety, reconnect with yourself to avoid deeper depressiveness, and then address any broader traumas from childhood and beyond. To purchase the course, go to lizzielangston.com forward slash course. That's Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, Langston, L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N.com forward slash course. I cannot wait to see and hear how you transform in the online course. I'll see you inside.